Alaska, my old friend. How are you? What do you, what, what do you mean old? I'm not old. <laughs> How you doing, bro? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And uh, why don't you uh, go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience? Just give you give the audience a little bit of your uh, backstory so that we can uh, dive right in. Okay, uh, I'm not sure which which story you want to hear, but uh, okay. Um, well, I'll I'll just. Uh, speak about how, how you and I know each other. So uh, my birth name is Perry Wayne Finkelstein. I go by Waska, which is a spiritual name I was given in 2015 in the Shishindi or the Apache tradition. Um, full name is Waska Wabus, which has a very rich meaning. Um, I'm not going to go into that this moment. Uh, maybe we'll discuss that later. You can always go on illuminatedwarrior.com and meaning is on there. But I go by Waska which is my higher vibrational self. And um, you and I met uh, many moons ago uh, with your son, also Mac, um, that you came to Long Island. Um, I was uh, facilitating a program called The Way of the Illuminated Warrior um, Men's Group, which was still happening. And uh, we met in person back then. Uh, this was before COVID. And as when I was living on Long Island, it was a nine month program uh, that we just got together, a group of guys, uh, sharing space, being uh, holding space for each other, uh, being on the land and touching the soil, touching the ground. A lot of times the things that we did uh, revolved around being out in nature and being uh, on the land, as, as it were. And um, and that's how we met. You know, we bonded over over the trials and tribulations of being a man in, in today's world and um, used to call Mac, your son, uh, baby Buddha, because I think he was 15, 14 or 15 at the time. And um so then he went off to school and we kind of lost the connection. And then he reached out to me and we reconnected again last year. And, um, you know, the process just keeps going. We keep growing and, you know, it's like the soil. You plant that seed and things grow, hopefully, you know, if you nur nurture them, right? Oh, man. And uh, just so the audience knows, um, I, I reached out to Waska about a month and a half ago um, to talk to him about how, how to, like, create uh, a moral compass for oneself in 2024, because in a lot of ways we've we've lost that uh, ability to protect our spirit, our soul. Um, in other words, it's very easy to sell your soul, but once you sell it, you can't get it back. And one of the reasons I say again, it costs a lot to get it back. Yeah. <laughs> More than you got. <laughs> Somebody just pure, pure gold, you know, gold bar. Yes, gold bar. A couple gold bars. Yeah. yeah. That means you sold out. So forget about the gold bars. Yeah. Um, so one of the, the highlights of this uh, podcast, Soil Matters, is that, you know, we talk about just grow at the end. And you and I have talked for many moons about spiritual growth and personal growth. And so you were the perfect person that came to mind when I started to think about well, how, how do I um, give advice to people about, you know, morality and, and, you know, what you should stand for and what you should stand up against. Because mm. let's face it, if you don't stand up against something, then you're condoning it. You're allowing it. And, and that's where, you know, that's where the tricky part comes in is because... Mm. Let's face it, all whistleblowers, anybody that, that stands up against somebody else, they end up being the bad guy. Yeah, percentage-wise, sure, sure. Well, it's interesting you're saying stand up against. I remember, I um, I don't remember what year it was, but but I, because I, I've, I've been in video production pretty much most of my life, um, I went to document an anti-war rally. And uh, Ocean of Fast Wolf, who was uh, one of my mentors, 
Um, she said, you know, you're using your energy in a deconstructive type of way. Instead of an anti-war rally, why don't we call it a peace rally? You know, so just changing our mindset and, and, and the words and the verbiage. So instead of standing up against something, we could stand up for something, you know, which really, in a way, it's the same thing, but it changes the whole energy of it, you know, um, to a more, because you know me with positivity. I'm all about planting those seeds of positivity. And I beat the, I don't know if I could say yeah. shit you but anyway I beat the shit out of you you know when you were you were in a dark space i'm like dude just you know gratitude positivity just you know fake it till you make it if you have to right because really that's uh that's what it's about you know if we're not positive then we're the opposite right yin and well, the you say you say fake it till you make it and personally you know i've been told that uh throughout my life and i don't like it because if you're faking it that means sooner or later you're going to get caught. The truth's going to well, Okay, yeah, I never liked that saying, but but once I saw that it actually works, so yeah, we 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 get. And I'm talking about verbiage and also yeah. So fake it till you make it may not be the best uh, way to put it out there. Um, all right, just how about you know we'll we'll go with Nike. Just do it, man. Just do it. There you go. There be you go. And be it. Live it. Don't dream it. Be it. Do it till you drop. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that was that was the reason uh, I it asked Waska to for two hours of his time to help diagnose um, what it is. Right. All right. So I think everybody knows, like we have um, certain talents and gifts that we are given at, at birth. And, you know, it's up to us to. Um, enhance them or, or or encourage the full genetic potential of those gifts are and so one of the things that's pretty common in in i want to say money making or survival because let's face it we all need money absolutely money, money is a tool we yeah. all need um, do we need a lot of it that that goes back to your moral compass like what what do you actually need very little i mean some of the some of the most giving loving sharing people i've ever met in my life are freaking homeless because they gave up on the system right they were like i don't want to make money i don't want to have a job i don't want to be subject to all of this negative things that come with associated with those um, yeah well we know the system is set up that you have to have money because you have to pay your bills. And perfect example, um, when I was first got introduced to, um, you know, some some Hopi elders and all, um, I read this book uh, called the Hopi Survival Kit by Thomas Males. And um, in the book, they were they were talking about how um, the uh, the elders, the traditional elders, they live in a place called Hotovia. It's um, you know the Four Corners in in, um, in Arizona, New Mexico, Utah, you know that area. Um, Hopi reservation and um, the traditional elders, they don't, they don't use money. I mean, they wake up, they pray, they do their farming, they do whatever they're doing. They're in a reverence um, state of mind and they're praying. They're that that's their life. Okay. So they don't, they don't have utilities. They don't have running water. They don't have the, the, the you know, um, tr traditional utilities that Westerners have. So anyway, long story short, 
um, the U.S. government, the local uh, municipality said, well, you have to have electricity. They said, we don't want electricity. It goes against our beliefs. Anyway, they forced them to do that um, just because even though they said they wouldn't use it, they still was a minimum that they had to pay, you know. So look at that as an example, you know, a, a group of people who don't even use money were forced by the U.S. government, you know, to have to pay for something they didn't want, they didn't even use. Um, so um, unfortunately, you know, yeah, we all need, as Ocean would call, the greenbacks, you know. And so what are you willing to trade for those? Right, that's, there's your moral compass right there. It's like, and, and let me ask you a question, Waska, and, and I think that this is really going to suss out the next point, is how does stress and pressure affect your moral compass? Mm, well, more, like Moy Freestyle was just saying, like, you know, the, um, you know, the system basically controls it. it it's inherently look at, looked as bad money, but money is just an energy um, that we use. And then as we're talking about, as you said, we need it. We need it to pay for the basics of life, you know, most of us anyway. So how does it affect the moral compass? Um, you know, if, if I like to look at it as energy um, and you were saying, how much do we need? At one point, there was a survey done, and this is years ago um, across the United States that $75,000 was like the, the amount that you could live a really comfortable life. You didn't need more than that. I'm, I'm sure it's probably double now just because it's so out of balance how expensive food is, how expensive fuel is, how expensive, you know, getting the food transported to the store. You know, everything is more um, expensive now. So I don't know what that number being is, but um, the purpose of that study was saying, okay, at that time anyway, it was 75,000. To have more money than that didn't make your life any better. Um, yeah, you could buy more things and you had more headaches um, because you had to repair things and you had to sustain, you know, all the stuff that you had. So, um, you know, that's one aspect to it. Um, I, I like money because I, I get stuff with it and I live a pretty comfortable life. I don't need a lot of stuff. Um, so what was your question again, bro? <laughs> <laughs> what I love about you, brother. What? <laughs> so, so the question is, and this again is is like, well, you have a choice to get more money, but but what cost? And so, how does stress and pressure pressure, whether it's to get more or to keep up with, mm. um, affect your moral compass? Yeah. Um, it's a hard yeah. one. It is a hard one. And I do believe what I'm going to say to be true because I've told my kids this and I, you know, I would never BS them because obviously I want them to and did want them and still want them to, you know, have the best and highest experience in life that they could have. So I always said, hey, find something that you really like doing that you enjoy. So it's not going to feel like work, at least not most of the time. And you'll figure out a way to make money at it. Um, easier said than done. OK, because my oldest son. Uh, he's into uh, chemistry and he, he makes a, a good living doing that. But if, if he had his druthers, he would be, you know, on his skateboard and, and selling Pokemon cards, you know, which actually he's doing both of those anyway. But that's how he'd be making a living, you know. So it's easier said than done. But I do believe um, if our intention is good and pure and not to sound too esoteric, but we're doing something that is of service to others, there's, there's, there's a way to, to, you know, to make enough for what we need which begs the question, like how much and what do we need, which is what you're asking also, you know? Um, but I think it's mindset, you know? I don't, I don't think you have to sell your soul, you know, to make money, um, 
depending upon what you're doing, of course. So what are you doing? What are you doing to make money? You know, how do you feel about what you're doing to make money? Do you feel like you have integrity? Do you feel like you're being of service? Do you feel like, you know, this is contributing in any way, shape or form or or the opposite? Do you feel like you're selling yourself out? Do you feel like you're doing negative, you know, to other people or the environment? So I think I think that's, you know, those are questions that I like to look at. Like, you know, how do you feel about what you're doing to make your living? And that's the probably the answer I was looking for. It's, it's what do you mean? Probably the answer. <laughs> that was the answer you were looking for, man. <laughs> well, there's more to it. There's a bigger there's more to it. <laughs> there's always more to it, right? So, but bottom line is, I mean, and you know, you know this from from our work together was that after that horrible divorce, and I decided to swear off possession. Um, I realized that, you know, I wanted to do something that filled my heart and soul, not my pocketbook. Right. And, and you saw the struggles that I went through and, and I'm the only reason I'm still here today is because I was blessed by so many gifts along the way. Like, yeah. you know, dude, you've heard the stories. I was $150,000 in credit card debt at 29.99 yeah. interest rate. Nobody fucking gets out of that trap. No. Nobody. And it wasn't once. It was three fucking times. So, you know, it was perhaps the faith that I had in what I was doing. Perhaps it was the universe saying, keep going, trust the process. And once, and if you don't fail and you don't quit, then we will make sure you get rewarded. Maybe not, you know, like beneficial reward, but at least enough to, wipe your credit cards out and get back to zero. And I've told you, Oscar, like I get so excited when I owe nobody nothing. That's yeah. Like, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. It's it's, a, it's, but you did change your mindset also, if I remember correctly, because there's nothing wrong with having both. There's nothing wrong. You could fill your spiritual coffers and you could also fill your pockets. Why not? You know, so um, you know, the work you're doing is, is very admirable because it is for the environment. It is for, for people. It is for, you know, organic hypo um, way of life. And, uh, you know, and that is being in service to the environment and, and to people. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, I, you know, why not fill my pockets a little bit with this also? Not being greedy, but like you're, you're spending money and you're doing research and you're building something. Right. So why not? You know, it, it, it's. It's the law of reciprocity, you know, there has to be a give and take. So if you're giving all the time and you're not receiving, you know, so we'll say give and receive, um, then it then it doesn't, you know, close that loop, you know, that sacred hoop that that uh, we talk about in the Native American spirituality. There has to be reciprocity and there has to be, you know, a full circle. Like, you know, you can't you can't always just be giving, 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 giving. You need to receive. And and likewise, if you're always receiving, the reciprocity is hey. Pass it forward, you know, play it forward, um, you know, give, give. So, yeah. And those are extremely wise words. And I guess, I guess the point I want to drive home is that you can just give, 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 and that, that eventually it will come back. If you have the faith, the morals, the standards, the, the drive to keep going, even though everything is stacked against you. So oh, that's a, that's a mindset also, like, I, and I understand what you're saying. So we could look at it like, you know, everything's stacked against us, you know, from the government to, to you know, I mean, in, without being conspiracy theories, you know, you could you could say that, you know, um, but I really and, you know, you know, me with the positivity, like people say, oh, why is this happening to me instead of why is, you know, this is happening for me, you know, and honestly, man, and you know this, you, when you change your mindset, 
you're not putting out all that negative bullshit like, oh man, this sucks. And like, you know, why me? And like, you know, it's just, it, it, it brings you down. It brings the, the vibration of your, of your being down. Like when, when it's like, oh, this sucks and this is bullshit. And like, you know, why me? You know, it, it, the law of attraction is, you know, and, it, and it's more than just like, oh, well, you know, please, please, you know, creator, God, whoever, you know, universe, bring me stuff, bring me, you know, you, you have to be proactive also, but it also uh, entails, you know, that mindset of like, hey, you know, things are good and things will come to me and I'm, and I'm putting this out there and I'm doing things to make that happen. You know, rather than being like, oh, this sucks, man. I'm, I'm never going to I'm never going to get anything. I'm never going to get any money. I'm not going to pay my. Then you won't. You know, I really I've seen that. And I, you know, for myself and others, and I believe that to be true. You know, I don't know if you agree with that or not, but. Oh, 100%. You're, yeah. You're going into victim mode and that's only going to bring you a downward spiral. As soon as you go, woe is me or why is it happening to me? You missed the whole fucking lesson. You yeah. It, we're not here to just live in joyous happiness we're here to learn to grow and and again that's what i love about this podcast is you can talk about growing plants growing soil growing spiritually it's yeah. wide open because it's just about growth and, and, yeah yeah right the power the power yeah. within and 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 i think that that's that's the problem is that people don't understand they have the power within and, and again, it's like, all right, well, I want to encourage you, a, a younger person. I have, I have quite a few uh, protégés and, and uh, you know, people that I mentor. And, and it always goes back to, hey, look, you know, you're, you're working with me because I'm talking to you about soil and health and plant health and, and the, consum or the health of the consumer of all of those things. Yeah where where is your head out where where are you mentally as well because i can talk to you all i want but if you're not hearing and i mean deeply hearing you know getting it all through you then i'm not doing you any service and 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 remember we had those conversations during covid when i was once again living underwater tremendously deep underwater no future yeah. i had Pauline, who was was dying of cancer. I had Poe. I was a month out of fucking homelessness. And you called me that day, and I was like, he goes, what are you doing in all this madness? And I'm like, I don't know, just staying positive. <laughs> <laughs> and we laughed. We laughed our fucking yeah. asses off. Yeah. And, and it was the best medicine that I could have gotten at that point in yeah. time because I was in such a dark place. Not mentally, just physically. All the darkness was around me. It was like, how the fuck am I going to get out of this one? I got a, a cancer patient that needs three, four thousand dollars a month uh, to pay for her medicine that's not covered by insurances. I've got Poe that needs food, and and we're gonna we're gonna lose our house, and I'm gonna have to travel back across the country with no money and no credit cards, you know, to get back home to to move in yeah. with my sister. I mean, that's not a pretty friggin' scenario to 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 look through. But again, it was the positivity. It was that laugh that that was like, okay, you know, hey, it could be worse, right? It could be fucking worse. And, and literally within uh, probably two weeks, maybe a month max, I called you back and said, dude, I just landed this incredible. I remember. I remember. Yeah. Well, they just gave me a fucking blank check and said, just do it. 
and and we don't care what it costs. Yeah. How the fuck does that happen, right? It was again. It was the. the you manifested it because you stayed positive and you put it out there, and you were willing to accept. I remember all that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and that's the kind of stuff that I really want to, you know, explore and talk about today because, you know, what they say, uh, it's always darkest before the dawn, right? Well, we say shit like that, but we don't live it. We don't. We don't think mm. it. We don't feel it. And I go. That goes back to that like moral compass. Like, all right. So I'm in a dark place. Do I start doing dark things? Do I start stealing, robbing, lying, cheating, doing whatever I have to do to survive? Or do I say, this is a lesson and yeah. there's something that's good that's going to come out of it if I can get through it and not break Absolutely. and not yeah. sell pieces of my soul. Well, right? once again, that's, that's mindset. So, so if you remember all the things we did, um, you know, with the Warriors, man, it was it was challenges, challenges upon challenges, mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, whatever it was, just just, just to push ourselves and, and raise that awareness, like what we are capable of. Um, Mac and I think Jake, um, both terrified of heights when, when we were doing the ropes course, being up really, really high. I mean, they were up there, they were doing their thing. And it was like, I, you know, I was like so proud of them. And, and they and then Mac and I think Jake um share this also uh years later it's like you know I, I because part of the part of the you know takeaway from that was like okay you just did this you just did something you pushed yourself that you said no nope, not can't do it can't, not gonna do it petrified of it and then you bring that into your life when you need to draw upon that like hey you know what i can do whatever the hell i set my mind to and i remember um you know, I, I believe both of them said, hey, you know what? I remember when I was up, way up there, like looking down, petrified, but like I did it, you know? So other challenges were easier knowing that I could push myself and stand, you know, in that space of like, you know, I got this. And, um, you know, and it, and it works. It definitely works because it's it's mindset and it's uh, it's intention. And um, you were saying before, like, um, you know, yes, darkest before the dawn and things will change. I, I write this wherever on my wrists, you know? So it's a, it's an impermanent tattoo. Well, it's not a tattoo. It's a Sharpie actually, uh, man, yeah. this, this backwards stuff. It's a Anicca. Anyway, it's a, um, Sanskrit word, Buddhist philosophy, Anicca. Anicca means impermanence, literally means impermanence. So I think I'm very clever because I put a, I put an impermanent like tattoo, tattoo, <laughs> but, um, but seriously, it's, um, and I put it on there just to remind myself because, you know, it's, you know, these, this past two years, like some health challenges, financials, whatever the challenge was, I'm like, you know what, Anicha, Anicha, this too shall pass. It's, it's impermanent. It's temporary. And of course, you know, the dark lifted and the light came out, you know, because it always does. There's always sunshine after rain. There's always, you know, there's always light. Light always wins because if light didn't always win, we wouldn't be here in this state that we're in right now. We have choice. And, you know, we could choose um, like somebody, um, one of your listeners posted a little comment before, like um, gratitude is the secret matrix code, which I believe that, too. We've spoken about that many times. Also, gratitude. Gratitude's the best attitude, man. You know, when you're when you're grateful for things and you put that out there, your whole body's lighter, man. And if you, and if you don't believe that, then I invite your listeners to you try it, man. Just try it. Be grateful. Spend one day in gratitude, whatever's going on, because there's always something to be grateful for. If you're breathing, if you're above the dirt, as they say, there's something to be grateful for and just, and see how you feel, you know, really just, just check it out and see how you feel, be grateful and, um, and watch how, you know, again, the fog lifts, man, it works. 
definitely works. That was uh, that was Pauline's practice was every morning to get up with her cup of coffee and, and say gratefulness prayers. So not only hold space to to reflect, but also to reflect on all of the gifts that you were given. And and I, I, I kept on with that tradition. And, and you you taught me about putting my hands over my food and, and yeah. accepting that food into me gratefully and and i do the same practice you know to this day um, about that and so i think those are really good qualities and i think or or things that you should keep in mind or practices that you should start to implore if you really want to drive uh, a better understanding of your moral compass and one of the one of the greatest things i learned about fear right fear is like a ocean that's a miles wide and what you don't understand is if you step into the ocean, you will quickly realize it's only this deep. And therefore, you can just keep walking. Until and, it drops off like this. <laughs> just like you said, it's like when you, when you take that first step off the fucking rung to take another step on this wire hanging up in the fucking trees, that first step is the hardest in the world. Yeah, right. that was journey. The first footstep is the hardest one. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. But but once you took that step, the next one becomes easier, yeah. and the next one becomes easier, and before you know it, you've conquered that fear because you realized there was nothing to fear, other than fear itself. It, you you put that fear in your head, so now you just got to learn to overcome it. And and there's easy ways to do it. You don't have to skydive or jump off a cliff or any of these things they can be a lot smaller and easier to deal with than yeah. that radical now i i appreciate radical believe me i i i i true too had a, a fear of height that came over me i used to be a rock climber i had no fear whatsoever up on mm. mountain i trusted my ropes and everything else until the one day i zippered a line and again, I don't know how I survived. The only thing that held me was a rusty old piton at the beginning mm. of the climb. So you had to climb up, clip your beaner into this rusty old piton, and then you could start to traverse. Yeah. Well, on a traverse, you're going horizontally, not straight up. So on a traverse, you're putting all this line out to get to the next chimney to go up. And so at the end of that traverse, my hands were shaking, my legs were shaking, I was super fucking tired. So I set up a couple pieces of opposing pro. Uh, pro is the little nuts and bolts that you put in the crack to support yourself, mm -hmm. like a like a piton. And then I went to sit back and kind of just give myself a chance to yeah. to, to, to calm down before I had to do the chimney. Well, the pro that I set didn't hold. So as I fell back, those pulled out. Then I mm -hmm. the next one pulled out. The next one pulled out. So I did this giant fucking pendulum, right? Mm, scary. And yeah, you talk about like I saw my whole life flash before my eyes. That that is a thing, dude. That yeah. is a freaking thing. Swear <laughs> to God, it's a thing. Yeah. And and I came to rest upside down, pressed in a wedge in this cave. Like, and I remember like tumbling and looking up and seeing these rocks coming at me and just like tucking my head in, <laughs> so it didn't whack me. And that's how I I managed to get past that that outcrop and into the cave where. Once I hit the cave, I got wedged up in the top of it and I was okay. 
Um, but then when I went back to climb and, and I knew it, I go, look, I got to get back on my horse. I got to go back up and get my carabiner off that piton or I'm never going to climb again. I'm going to be too scared. Yeah. Well, I did. I climbed up there and I got my, as I pulled my carabiner out, the piton came with it. And that's when the fear of heights began in my life. Now I learned to deal with, with it, not to the point where it paralyzes me or, or you know, freaks me out. I'm just not comfortable around it anymore. Sure. And and blessed be that I was had the opportunity to parachute later on in my life. Now you don't go by yourself the first time. You have to go tandem with a yeah. instructor. And so I was talking to the Roger, who was an uncle or a mentor of mine, about my fear. And he's like, No, nah, don't worry about it. Let's 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 go parachuting. Let's let's do this, man. Let's get this yeah. by the let's go have a perfectly good plane. Sure, why not? Right. And I'm like, all right, if you got the balls to jump out of the plane, motherfucker, I'll come with you. Right. And that was that was pretty much the only reason I did. Go first. I'll meet you on the ground. Yes. <laughs> not me, man. <laughs> So, so lo and behold, he goes, right? And then I'm sitting in the plane. I'm, I'm looking out and I'm like, oh, this is fucking candy land. It, 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 the ground, you can't see it. You're seeing this beautiful like landscape and, you know, the water and, and all these beautiful the little clouds below you. And so it, when you get to that certain level, the fear is almost gone because it's not like your brain can wrap its head around the fact that you're so high up. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't look like Playland anymore. Right? Well, if you look at the um, the acronym, uh, you know, for fear, like false evidence appearing as reality, you know? Ooh. So if you, if you look at that as a mindset, um, and I was thinking you were talking about rock climbing. I've only I've only done it um, one time out in Golden, Colorado um, with my, my buddy Doug, which actually I'm going out there next week to do some skiing. Um, nice. So he said, hey, you want to try rock climbing? I'm like, Sure, why not? You know, so we went to this. Uh, I can't remember what the numbers were, but it was it was it was challenging. Um, so I didn't have any gear. Um, I borrowed his buddy's shoes. You know, you cramp your feet into these tiny little shoes, and um, and you know, Doug's going up there. He's like, you know, if you can't do it, you know, you know. I'm like, dude, are you doing it? Yep, you do it. I'm gonna do it. You know. So I, you know, I remember getting up there and like, you know, my fingers like, cause you know, you got you got to work into that, and I was exhausted. You know, um, but I'm like. Fuck it, man. He did it. I'm doing it. I wound up doing it, right? I'm, I'm descending down. And as I'm going down, his, his friend's holding the rope, and he's down there. I'm like, okay, why are these two guys wearing helmets? And I don't even have a fucking helmet on. <laughs> like, and I get down there. I'm like, they're like, oh, yeah, we've got to give you the helmet. So, interesting. <laughs> so, and, and then I went up again, you know, uh, with a helmet. But interesting enough, so false, false uh, evidence is appearing as reality, right? I think it was last year, the year before, Doug took off skiing because um, rock climbing, pendulum smashed his knee on a rock and destroyed his knee. You know, he's okay now. Like, if I would have known that story before I went out there rock climbing, that he pendulum and smashed his knee, I think I would have had some fear because, and I think I would have made sure, like, hey, dude, give me a helmet, you know, but because I didn't, I didn't have that fa false evidence, you know that my perception of, okay, I got to be afraid about this because I might pendulum. And um, so I think it's, it's, it's a lot of, once again, our mindset, like what do you, what, what seeds are you planting in that, in that soil of our brains, you know, and how are we like nurturing our thoughts, you know, like, do I need to be fearful of something or, 
you know, the, hey, sometimes there's good reasons to be fearful. I mean, in the olden days, if you weren't fearful, you don't get that, you know, cortisol and adrenaline go on the saber tooth tiger or the bear or whoever is going to is going to rip your ass apart. So, you know, sometimes it's necessary, not not anywhere near as much as we need uh, today, you know, because we are in that fight, fight or flee freeze mode so often. And, you know, our, our bodies are so filled with cortisol so much of the time, it totally screws up our systems, you know? We don't know when to just chill and relax and just, you know, and just be, you know, we don't have to be on guard all the time, you know? So that's a whole nother um, reason to practice, you know, positivity and gratitude and just chillaxing, you know, and not, not being so stressed and worrying about shit all the time. Somebody also wrote something in the comments before, like worry, um, it's like, a I'm paraphrasing like a double-edged sword. It, it hits you twice, you know, it hurts you twice, which is true. You know, worry never paid a bill. It never healed anybody. It, it, worry does absolutely nothing other than stretch you out and cause angst, you know? Or, so, or repercussions because you were worried about something. Like yeah. You, you might even will it into happening. You know, yeah, worrying about, about something hurts you twice. Taking a cup, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've, we've talked about that too, that in, in reality, if you're, constantly worried about something and you are happy you're making that a reality to yeah. something you're asking the universe to give it to you yeah self-fulfilling yeah and you're not in the present moment because when you're in the present moment you're not worried you know you're, yeah. you're here right now right now i mean yes okay if the saber tooth tiger is right right here and gonna, gonna rip your face off okay then you might be a little bit worried but for the most part when you're in the present moment you know um it's 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 pretty good you know and, and I think it's trusting. And trust is the hardest thing in the world. Yeah. Trusting that the universe is going to reimburse me that money so that I can zero myself again. Not, not, not have money in my bank, just zero. Right? That, that, takes, that takes a lot of courage yeah. to, to trust. And, you know, I don't know how many people I know that have been like, well, I've always wanted to do this. And, but I, I, I can't, I can't because I can't pay my bills. I can't. Because like I, I, I'm not going to be able to support myself. I'm not going to yeah. be able to do the things that I want to do. And it's like, well, there it's you go. Mindset. It's a choice. So you're, one of your listeners just just wrote, you know, Patrick. He's like, I'm working on not worrying so much in 2024. All, all perception. 2024. What's going on now? Yeah, we could say it's a clusterfuck. I mean, really. I mean, but it's also, and this is pun intended here. It's it's a it's a microcosm. I like that because that that works with the whole soil matters thing. It's a microcosm Whoa. of how our lives right but seriously so if we are worried yes 2024 all it's a shit show we could we could look at it as a shit show okay or we could say hey this shit is getting so freaking off the charts crazy ass shit that it's got to rebalance itself you know but if we keep that mindset like it's a shit show and it's gonna, it's gonna keep getting worse yeah it might keep getting worse so if you remember back 2015 26 whatever it was you're like Wasco, when are things going to get better? When are these challenges going to stop? When, when is it going to get easier? I'm like, okay. And I led you on for a little while just so you stick with it. I'm like, the reality is, dude, you know, when, when you're under the soil, you know, then maybe it'll stop. This is life, man. I mean, Buddha's <laughs> philosophy is life is suffering, you know, um, and it's not, that's not necessarily a negative thing, but really, you know, we crave things and we try to avoid things, you know, and we're not liberated because we're, we're clinging to shit and we want stuff. You know, and when, when we want to repel things, we suffer, you know. So the only way to liberate ourselves from suffering is to, like, be in the present moment and not 
to a degree, not give a shit, man. Like not be so worried about stuff, not be so attached to the outcome of things, not be attached to anything. I know it's easier said than done, but really, you know, if, if we're really not, you know, so concerned about like what's going to happen, you know, I'm attached to this outcome or like I have to have something, you know, the, it's the clinging and, and the, and the craving, you know, and the aversions, you know, that really cause these suffering. So if we could move ourselves into a headspace of like, you know, everything's cool, man, you know, everything's chill. And I know it sounds esoteric, but when you do that, you'll see it, it makes it a lot easier. Then the gratitude comes in and the, in the ease of flow is, is, is there, man, it's present. So again, Ocean of Fast Wolf used to say, don't take my word for it, man. Give it a whirl, try it, you know? And I wanted to back backtrack a little bit. You were talking about, um, you know, like the food blessing. So Ocean of um, you know, taught us this. So it's a mudra. A mudra is just a, a way of, um, you know, using your hands to create energy and all. So this, this was the mudra. Interesting enough, I'll tell the Spock story, you know, live long and prosper in a, in a minute. But so the mudra is, you know, bringing the energy through your hands and, um, and, the, um, and the prayer, the intention is to help and to heal. Okay, so you you would move your hands over the over the food three times and, and say to help and to heal, to help and to heal, to help and to heal. Everything's intentional. Three is the number of trans transformation, transmutation, and, and magic in the Shishindi or the Apache tradition. So we would do that over our food. It's like harmonizing the food. And the intention is like giving gratitude to everything, to the soil, to the seeds, to the farmers, to the the, the drivers who got that food to the, to the market, to, to every part of the process of being grateful for like, hey, I've got this food in front of me right now on my plate, you know, and you know what, if, if the dude that was like harvesting it was in a bad mood or had bad, you know, let's let's forgive and let's send him love. And like, you know, so it's, it's a harmonization of the whole process. So this this is on your plate now. And even if there was, we'll say negative energy in it, you you've just harmonized it to, to fulfill, you know, with nutrients, with with whatever you need, you know, in a positive way. So that's what that's what the, you know, to help in the heal and the mudra is about, uh, harmonizing your foods, which I think is, you know, you don't have to actually do this, you know, but it's the intention of putting that in um and and offering that gratitude for the whole process. Like the food just just didn't pop in you know, out of the sky, it, it got here, you know, very intentionally from somebody planting seeds and harvesting and growing and cultivating and bringing it to market, selling it to you and, and you purchasing it, choosing it, putting it on your table, preparing it, you know, so, you know, when we think about those things, you know, hey, let's offer some gratitude, right? Bing! Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> and it's like Reiki, right? It's yeah. energy transfer. You're putting positive energy into that food. And let's face it, food is medicine. Yes. Like we don't need pharmaceuticals. Yeah. That's all a big shit show lie. We don't need those. Those were those were forced upon us by the wealthy elites to control us even further. True. Um, but let's be clear about that. Um, I agree with you because you know Native Americans and other indigenous cultures. If you know the plants and the roots, you don't need medicine. Right. Like like, like pharmaceuticals, but. Most of us don't know that or have resources or the, the opportunity to, to, to go to our local, you know, shaman or Native American or indigenous person and say, hey, man, I have this this ailment. So sometimes, you know, unfortunately, I'm, there are pharmaceutical things that can help to cure or ease our, our pain when we can't get the natural stuff. I don't know if you agree with that, but I, I do think sure. treat the symptoms. They'll never cure a fucking thing. They would just treat the symptoms. And, mm -hmm. and I agree with you. Access has been denied. 
Yeah, absolutely. It used to be well, every apothecary. Yeah, every apothecary sold everything you needed. You just walked in and explained to the guy what the problem was and took a pinch from this, a little bit of that root, put it all together, made a tincture, ground it up, made a powder, and gave it to you, and off you went. And that was the way we lived for thousands of years prior to fucking Rockefeller's chemists coming up with the fact that they could turn oil into fucking medicine. Well, so, yeah, and look at look at um, you know ayahuasca, uh, psilocybin, mushrooms. You know all of the things that are naturally occurring. You know in our, you know in our forests, in our in our natural world. That there's absolutely scientific proof how it, it's helped, like almost every ailment, from even alcoholism to cancer to you know dementia to like the list goes on and on and on. I mean, there have been legit studies that prove that the, these medicines, when used in the correct way, you know, there's no pharma drugs that could compare, you know, but of course powers that be don't want that stuff out because they're not making money. And, and the reality is that they're the biggest pharma, you know, companies are one of the biggest lobbyists. So they're making decisions of how we live our lives and what's, what's available and what's not. And this is not my opinion. This is fact. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen to that fact. And uh, so, you know, that being said, let's let's kind of reel it back in a little bit. But when you start to take into consideration or put into practice some of these simple things like gratitude, uh, respect for your food, you're, you're starting to shift um, more toward a positive being. Now, let's let's talk about yin and yang. You can't have good without evil. You can't have light without dark. You, and, and who was that woman that, that we studied in, in Circle? Uh, the dark side of humanity or the, the shadow oh, effect? Yeah, that was um, Debbie Ford. Uh, Debbie Ford. Anymore, but yeah, the, the, right. We, 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 we do shadow work, which is, I think, everybody benefits from doing shadow work. But yeah, great, great uh, documentary on that. Um, yeah, I forget the name of it, but it's uh, if you looked it up, Debbie Ford, um, it's, it's you know doing shadow work. Yeah, yeah. I think it's called the shadow effect. And Ken... Or Lil, maybe you can uh, check that out and post it up so that the audience can see it. Because yeah. shadow work is the hardest work you will ever encounter. And it is so easy to, I don't want to use the word cheat, but, but <laughs> just dispel it. Get rid of it. Don't, don't address it. Well, then don't you're not doing the work. Right. It's the hardest work there is. So why would you want to do it? And, and I think that that's where a lot of people don't do that because either they're afraid to see their dark side or they don't like yeah. the uncomfortable feeling that you yeah. get when you're doing that dark work. That's good. If you don't deal with your shadows, you're forever be prisoner shadowed. Yeah. You're forever prisoner. True, true. So just to clarify, people who don't know, shadow work is, is like we're saying, it's it's looking at you could say the dark side, but it's it's not a negative thing. we all have shadows. You walk in the light, you have a shadow, you know. Um, so shadow work is, is, you know, being really, really down with yourself of, of looking at the things you don't want to look at, you know, um, hence the shadow um, and, and acknowledging, hey, this is part of me. It's just it's just a part of me. But this is this is part of who I am. Maybe I don't like it. Maybe I think other people are judging me for it. whatever it is. But it's the, it's the hard stuff that we say, do think it's, you know, it's our thoughts, our words, our actions that we're not proud of necessarily, or we want to change in ourselves, or it's the hard stuff to look at when you look in the mirror, 
you know, hold that mirror up for yourself and say, like, I don't like this about myself. You know, how do I, you know, first acknowledge it and say, hey, OK, it's here. It's part of me. And then then work towards um, really uh, transmuting that that shadow part into something you feel good about. And, um, you know, it's hard work. It is hard work, you know, and, and that's what we did. You know, also, if you remember, we you know, hold the mirror up for your brother and say, hey, this is what I see, man. It's not a judgment. I'm here supporting you. I'm holding space for you. You know, can you recognize yourself in this? Because, you know, there, there's a thought which I agree with. Like if you're if you're getting tweaked by some something that somebody's saying or doing to you, you got to ask yourself, like, where is that in me? Like, why is this bothering me so much? You know, because, you know, he's that or she's that. Well, I'm that, too. And that's why it's bothering me so much. So that's a good indicator of where the shadow work, you know, could you know be focused. You know, if something's, if something's tweaking you, you more than likely, you know, would benefit from looking at it. You know, like, where is that in me? Oh, man, dude, that was one of the most powerful lessons that you taught all of us was the fact if this is what whatever they're doing is bothering me that's because i'm doing it too and a lot of a lot of narcissistic people will have a tendency to reflect that on you and you can look at it and go oh my god i know you and i know that's what you do and that's and and you're you're telling me that i'm doing it because that's what bothers you when i'm not doing it you're just reflecting it on and and so this, this is something else that's that I think, you know, was one of the most powerful lessons that that you taught me was I don't know if you remember, but this was in the early days, the beginnings of COVID. So uh, it was March, end of March, March 6th was when they shut the United States down. And I remember you and I talked at the end of the March because I was like, dude, like, what the fuck? They shut the globe down? Mm. You know, I, I, I was just tweaking going, I, I, I never expected anything like this crazy where the whole world is shut down with a threat yeah. of death for everybody because of a virus. Yeah. And, and we didn't, we didn't even know where the virus was coming from. We knew it came from Hunan. We didn't quite know that it was engineered and all this shit, but, and I remember saying to you like, dude, I, you know, can you give me an exercise? Like I, I want to, I, while I'm down, like, obviously I can't work. Uh, I'm, I'm not considered, uh, what essential. Was essential. You are um, essential, brother. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right? Thank you. Appreciate <laughs> it. But I'm not considered essential. So I can't based on authority and rules. I'm not supposed to be outside of my house because I am not necessary. And so you said to me, Hey, why don't you try meditating on your oldest thought as mm. a child, your earliest thought as a child? And I, I don't know if we ever, ever talked about this after the fact, but you shared some some things that came up for you. You said it was very powerful. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. So. So basically, the way the exercise goes <clears throat> is that you you need to get into a meditative and quiet mm -hmm. state. Right. That's how you start. And then you just start going back in your memory and don't expect to do this in 15 minutes. This is going to take hours. Like I did three to four hours daily for, for at least two to three weeks before I really started to unlock the tool to the point where I could lay down, grab a thought that I had thought about in the past two or three weeks and then focus on it. 
And so that thought, that memory is, is like a picture. It's, it's a snapshot, snapshot in time. And then if you focus on that snap, snap, snapshot, (laughs) you can start to look at it and say, okay, I remember this, but who else was there? Oh, I remember this person was there. That Mm -hmm. person. Oh, I remember we were in Vermont staying at my cousin's house for the weekend. Oh, and then my cousin pushed me over the hill and I tumbled all the way down to the bottom of the hill and threw up because I was so dizzy and scared. And so, all right, what else was going on? Oh, my little sister wasn't there. Only my big sister was there. And only my oldest cousin because the other ones hadn't been born yet. And so it just unlocks all of these feelings and emotions and really begins to characterize why you are the way you are. And one of the biggest lessons I learned out of that work was I now know why I hug everybody because my dad never hugged me as a kid. And, and all I wanted was his love, dude. That's what you, a child wants his father to love him. Absolutely. Show him love. And so, you know, being, I was a religious brought up religious, we talk about love and, and how do we show love and, how do we show gratitude? And it's usually done with a hug or a handshake or an embrace, something that, that allows two people to share space together in a, in, and, and appreciate um, what the other one brings to them. Yeah. And so that was just like this aha moment, like, holy shit. That's why to this day, I always like when I meet someone, I don't, you know, I'll shake your hand. Sure. But I'd rather give you a friggin' hug, which sure. You're not even supposed to do anymore, but I don't fucking give a shit. <laughs> well, so that that's part of the shadow work that you were doing. And then, you know, and you hit it on the head. It's about it's about really um, accessing what were the feelings, you know, like you said, the feelings and emotions. And then what do you do with that? You know, um, not not judging yourself or beating yourself up, um, criticizing. But it's like, OK, now what do I do with this? So so mine was I was two years old, around two years old. That's my oldest memory. Um, and I remember it to this day vividly. Um, and again, fear, false evidence is appearing, appearing as reality. It was the first time that my parents like abandoned me. Okay. They didn't abandon me, but that was my thought as a, as a two year old, two, three year old was in my grandmother's house. I could see the, I could see the street light light out the window still like vividly to this day. And I'm in the, in the crib, you know, and I'm screaming and wailing and my grandmother's not coming in. Cause I'm sure my parents said, Oh, you know, just let him cry. He'll be fine. My parents are gone. They they they've abandoned me. You know, my my sister who's two years older. She she she's gone. She's abandoned me. She's probably hanging out with grandma, having fun, having ice cream, and I'm this little baby boy, like in in this big bedroom, and the night it's, it's dark outside, and I'm abandoned. Well, that that was what was going on in my head. Um, I didn't remember that until I did that exercise and some other shadow work. Um, that's carried through decades of my life. The feeling of abandonment. You know, like in relationships. Well you know, she's going to leave or it, it, it carried through until I actually looked at that and said, okay, again, it was a fear, false evidence. My parents didn't abandon me, you know, and the same thing in other relationships. I'm already telegraphing, well, she's going to leave. She's going to abandon me. Well, maybe she is, maybe she isn't. But if I'm putting that out there, I'm, I'm helping to, you know, manifest this uh, self-fulfilling prophecy of, well, she's going to, you know, she's going to leave me. She's going to abandon me. So it's a very powerful exercise. And then, you know, again, getting in tune to what those feelings are and then working with it, man, you know, again, not judging, but looking at it and, and, you know, 
whatever kind of therapeutic um, way you want to work with it. You know, it's, I, I find it to be a great tool and obviously it's worked for you as well, you know. And I think the other one is, is to literally stare yourself in the eyes, in a mirror yeah. and go beyond. Like, just don't look into your eyes. Unless you're like tripping, man. Never look in the mirror when you're tripping. <laughs> That's like a hard and fast rule. Do not do it. I did it. I saw my face melt. I laughed like a son of a bitch. Right. Uh, okay, I'm just saying. <laughs> I just remember that from way back. Like, don't look in the mirror. Just don't look. You know, like, ah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I heard the same uh Urban legend or urban horror. It's not an urban legend, man. That your face was dripping because it's you just don't look in the mirror. But so, what so I was like, fine, fuck you. I I in the <laughs> and, and I literally saw my face melting, and all I could do was laugh my ass off because I was in a good headspace. Now, if I had been in a bad headspace, I would have had one hell of a bad trip after that experience. So again, probably not recommended if you're taking. <laughs> I was digressing with that. Uh, like, it's just another little tidbit of, you know, another gold bar for the But bottom line is, like, if you periodically uh, go in and stand in front of a mirror with a good headspace and you look into your pupils and don't stop, just keep looking deeper and deeper into that pupil, visualize you going down that tube that, that is the pupil to the next level to where it is. And once you get there, you can really start to see how you may be affecting other people in, in a negative way or a positive way because yeah. it goes both ways. Yeah. Um, but it's very helpful in kind of, again, what we're trying to do here, people, is to give you the tools to build your own compass, right? At the end of the day, we're here to build, everybody's here to build a compass. We want you to build a compass. And we want yeah. you to be able to use that compass going forward so you can bring all the positivity into your life. You can bring the abundance into your life. Yeah. But if you don't have a compass and you don't know how to use it, then unfortunately, you're probably going to be lost in the dark. And these dark times or may interesting times be present with you. Like that's that's basically what the fuck we're going through right now is, yeah. is it's like – craziness that is the world at this point in time and anything can happen right so live your life live your life to the fullest live like like i'm gonna die today so what, what do I want? yeah what do i want what do i want to get out of today because i may not get it tomorrow and so these are the kinds of tools that now you can read that compass because you can say to yourself hey i don't want to live in fear um i've done some shadow work i understand the potential negative sides of me that I don't want to be uh, predominant in the way I live my life or, or how I treat other people. So now we've, we've got the places we don't want to go. Now, where do we want to go? And then, so that's going to hopefully be this next hour is more toward, okay, we've done the work. We've built our compass. We, we now, what do we like, right? What makes you happy? I think that greatest thing that that any one human being can do that i guarantee will bring them happiness or joy is giving yeah i hope helping someone helping that little old lady try yeah. to cross the street like pick up the shit that the, the other customer dropped on the floor and is embarrassed and trying to deal with 
Help the mother with the screaming child. Go up and just go, blah, 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 blah. and the kid goes, whoa, stop screaming, right? You can do all of these little things that cost you nothing. Yeah. And I guarantee you they will bring you a feeling of warmth and happiness, right? So, so now let's focus on all the things that we want to do that make us feel really good like that inside. Now you have a path. Now you have a direction. Mm. Yeah, I like that, man. A uh, little wordplay also you were, you were saying before, um, you're looking in the mirror and looking in your pupil, looking deep into the pupil. Be the pupil. Be the student. You know, there's a saying when the, when the uh, student's ready, the master will appear. But, but really, um, if you remember the first thing, you know, first meeting, first round, as I called it, with the Illuminated Warrior Program, we begin with Buddha mind. And Buddha mind is just that, like just being an empty vessel, like, yes, you know, um, do you remember Professor Mike? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. May he rest in peace. He passed. But um, brilliant guy. Brilliant guy. You know, and, and we would have these conversations. I'm like, bro, I know you know a lot of this. You know a lot. Buddha mind. Okay. And and so much comes out of that. You know, I know so much. I don't know anything, you know, really. Um, but but beginning as like an a, a empty landscape landscape an open canvas a, a, a hollow bone as they say things things could you know come through you if you if you allow that space to be filled with you know i'll say spirit or guidance or divine guidance or you know we, we have so much like knowledge within ourselves i think a lot of times we block that knowledge with all of monkey mind craziness that goes on in our head so when we begin with this as it's called buddha mind you know emptying our our, our minds and allowing something new even if it's just something you knew already something new and fresh perspective to come in and seeing things from a different viewpoint like like have you ever had a like a debate argument disagreement with somebody you're so adamant like dude this is what happened i remember this this is the way it went down you know and then somebody like you know plays a recording or shows a video and like absolutely not the way it went down but you would bet your whole existence on it and like wow i was like Sure, you know, so it's, it's having that like, you know, equanimity and like and like just being OK with not being right and just, you know, considering, hey, th there's another perspective here. You know, maybe maybe I don't remember correctly or maybe I don't I don't have to be right. You know, there's that, that saying, would you rather be right or you would rather be happy? You know, <laughs> oh, so true. So true. And that here again, this is this is how to use your compass is by taking yourself out of your body, out of your view. Like, all right, Wask and I get into an argument. Well, let me put myself into his shoes and, and understand why he argued with me. Was it, was it some, was he having a bad day and just needed a place to, to vent and, and puke on? Or, or was he defending something? Did I offend him in something that I said or did? And that's where that, again, having the ability to understand how to use this compass by putting yourself in the other person's shoes will help alleviate those kinds of issues. And, and, and I love it, the bone, the empty vessel. I mean, yeah. we, we should periodically, I mean, I think that's kind of what a new year's resolution is, is dump out the old you and put that empty fucking glass on the counter and let's see where, where, how it fills up this year. Where where do I go? What am I going to become? Am I growing? Am I dying? Am I mm. evolving? And so, again, another wonderful way to begin to utilize this this tool um, that you've created, and and it's only going to get better and better and better as you move forward. Because 
you don't care. It's not, well, it's not that you don't care. It's it, it, that insignificant things don't bother you anymore. Mm, like, yeah. I don't care if we got into an argument or not. I'll get done. I'll give you a hug because, hey, look, you know, sure, we, we can agree to disagree or, or maybe, maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Maybe I need to, you know, acknowledge that I hurt you or, or disrespected you in some way. And so, again, that's, that's the key to, to moving your needle into a direction that's going to benefit you moving forward in your life and, and benefit the people that you know and love. Yeah. If you're a better person, you bring up everybody with you. What, what is this saying? One a high tide raises all boats. Shadow effects. Debbie Ford, chat. That's what you were talking about before the yeah. shadow effect. Yep, that was the that was the work that we did. That was when yeah. when you opened my mind to that work, it was like holy fuck! I did you. Yeah, I highly that. recommend that. Checking that out, Debbie Ford. Yeah, she. You know, it's interesting too. You know, in the in the video, I, I remember one part. Um, she was she was talking to an audience, and and somebody called her out in um in one of these talks she's given. Like the woman's like, "You are such a bitch." And she's like, yeah, you're right, I am. <laughs> you know, she's like, that's my authentic self, and this is what I'm putting out there. And I, you, just if you watch the video or read it, I mean, it's uh, I don't want, I don't want to ruin it, but um, but yeah, I mean, you know, more um like metaphor. So you know, we're building a building a moral compass. Um, and I'll tie it into like my my long term profession, like uh, video photography type of stuff. So when we know our true north, it's very hard to get lost, right? So. What's your true north? Um, in, in video or photography, a really cool thing to do with a still camera with, um, I, I think uh, digital cameras probably have it, but way back when, you know, film camera, it's, it was called the bulb setting. You leave the, the shutter open. So um, we used to do a lot of camping um, out where there's no light pollution. If you point the camera to, you know, the North Star and you leave the aperture open, you leave it on that bulb setting um, until, you want to get it before before dawn, before it's um before the light comes out. Everything's swirling around. You get a you get a complete circle. You'll see the stars all in a total circle, which is super super cool. As long as you point at the north star, okay. So uh, a Lakota medicine person called uh, Black Elk said, "Everything in the natural world moves in spirals, moves in circles." And if you think about that, it's true. A bird's nest, um, the seasons, the courses of our life, um, our breath, um, my hair, you know, every, everything goes in circles. Okay. Um, if you think about it, a lot more things do. So My hair doesn't go in circles, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Throw, throwback Friday. <laughs> throwback Friday, right? We'll have to put up a picture of my, my, my big fro. My sister hid like 19 pickup sticks in my fro and you couldn't see one of them or, or other like doobies or whatever. But um but yeah, Black Elf said everything in the natural world moves moves in circles, moves in cycles, and, and, and it's and it's true. So when you know your true north, you can you know once again you can you can heal or mend that sacred hoop of life by being in service, by showing gratitude. Um, and the other thing that came to me when we were talking about that empathy, like if you have empathy for someone else's perspective, you don't have to agree with them, but like hey. I understand where this this person's coming from. You know, I don't agree with it, but I, I hear him. I hear her. I, I I get it. You know, when you have empathy, you see things from a different perspective. You know, so I think that's another important thing to consider. Like, um, 
you know, the empathy that goes along with, with again, equanimity in relationships and communication, you know, the balance that we really need to, um, to, to elevate, not just ourselves, but everybody, everybody elevates. Okay. So now we probably need to put a warning label on it. And by warning. saying that is that if you, right, if you're too generous, you're too giving, you are pretty much considered weak and you will more often than not attract abusive people because you're so generous and giving yeah. and trusting. And so you, you have to, again, have that moral compass, but understand that it's probably not going to protect you. And that's where it comes back into intuition, trusting your intuition, because we all have it. We've just yeah. lost it. But there's, you know, this was something that Pauline taught me was, you know, that first of all, I'm an empath, which I didn't really understand. And I didn't understand why, like when certain people walk by me or get near me, I kind of get jiggy and kind of mm -hmm. want to get out of there. And it was because my intuition was telling me that that was a, uh, you know, energy vampire, negative person, abusive yeah. person, uh, destructive person. I mean, I, I've known people in my life that literally get kicks out of fucking other people up. Like they, yeah. they love to, to fuck other people up. I mean, I've yeah. been, I've been worked for billionaires that sit there and laugh about how many people they fucked over to get there. And they, they're proud of it. Like they're like, yeah, man, I'm bragging wow. about it. So, that's so that energy narcissistic um, tendencies that, that, you know, that's out there. So yeah, yeah. You, have, you have to protect and shield yourself. Um, and that this is something I think we, we've spoken about in the past also. Um, you mentioned energy vampires. I mean, I think anybody could probably relate to this. If you're ever around somebody, whether it's they just don't stop talking or they only talk about themselves or, or they want, need, have to have, they don't ask anything about you, you, your life, about what your needs are, what's going on with you. It's just them, 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 them. It's draining. Like it, it, they're literally like vampires sucking the energy out of you, and they're like, "Okay, gotta go." You know, like you didn't say one word. They, they, you didn't even have to be there. You know, they just, they just used you. You know, as a, as somebody they, they could just, you know, suck your energy. So yeah, that's, uh, that's important. And and there are people who, who have that. Like you talked about the yin and the yang before. You have the light. You have the darks. There are people who have um, dark intentions. You know, so working on as, as you. Uh, we're alluding to before working on our intuition. Like if something doesn't feel good, there's probably a reason that doesn't feel good. If somebody feels off or um, I mean, this is this is um, like a natural uh, feminine quality, at least at least it's always been like innately like women have very keen intuitions. Um, and I'm, I'm speaking generally, um, but like that maternal instinct, you know, um, when when something's occurring, there's danger, or you have to protect your 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 offspring, your kids. That maternal instinct kicks in. That's intuition, you know. Which which men have that. Everybody has that. Whatever your gender identification is, we all have you know intuition. But it's a matter of like trusting it, working with it, honing it, and getting to to really like understand it. And again, trust it. Like okay, this this is happening. I'm getting um, a feeling in my gut. You know, they call the gut the second brain because our gut really you know, we could talk about like biome and all, um, the gut is like, it's our, it's our, like, it's part of our compass. You know, it tells us if your gut is off, there's a reason why it's off. There's a reason why you're feeling a certain way. 
um, because that energy is coming through and saying like, okay, warning will Robinson, you know, there's danger ahead, you know? So, you know, these are things we could look at and, and add to our compass, you know, be like, you know, in between North, Northwest, whatever it is. And, um, and have that direction finder for us as well. And so here's how to build tuition, right? Cause the, if you, if you don't know how to use it, well, mm-hmm. you got to learn the moves or practice the moves to really start to hone in on it. Oh, and, good then, point. and then you can trust it. So, and I did this to myself without, without realizing what I was doing. I got to a certain point where I, I was a general contractor. I had, you know, multiple jobs going on all the time. I was in charge. I had different crews with different needs, different positions on different job sites all over the place. And, you know, at night, at the end of the day, I would, I would concentrate in my office and be like, okay, this employee is going to be working on this. They're going to need these, these, these things, these supplies, these materials, these tools. All right. Who's under them? What are they going to need? So it was an exercise. So, to, so I could better prepare for the day. Well, I never fucking failed that I woke up in the middle of the night or woke up first thing in the morning and was like, oh, don't forget to put that in the truck. Like I'd worked on it all night long so that I made sure that when I went out that morning, I didn't end up going to that job site and going, fuck, and having to go back to the shop or back to the supply yard and get something because that would just screw up the rest of the day. So the best way to learn intuition is to pay attention to those feelings. Like if you wake up and you're like, you looked at a pen. For, for whatever reason, you looked at that pen, pick the pen up, put it in your pocket. And then when you need that pen, go, ah, now I get it. Because it's going to fucking happen to you, whether it's a screwdriver, a pen, or a car key, or or you just see something out of the corner of your eye. And you go, I wonder why I noticed that. Like, I noticed a sign for bread or eggs or whatever. Why, why did I notice that? Right. And that's where these kinds of exercises are really important. Oh yeah. You you have to do them. You have to say, okay, for whatever reason, I stared at that billboard. What did that billboard tell me? What was that billboard trying to tell me? Or why was my dog, you know, jumping up on me? when I was trying to leave, what, what well, are that's, they that's all awareness, bro? That's all awareness because how many uh, things happen in the course of a day, thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of things are occurring during the day. How much awareness is there? Like, you know, you, you looked at the billboard, whatever. Um, and, and, you know, many people have seen like the, the 444, 333, and especially 1111, um, wake up in the middle of the night, like, okay, what does it mean? You know, but it's, but it's the awareness. Um, so it's, it's, it's the universe speaking to us. Um, you know, my dear friend, uh, Simran wrote a book called conversations with the universe. It's, it's a signs and, and, and as we call them synchronicities. And when you could connect the dots, it's like, Whoa, you know, but it's, it's, it's a matter of being open and practicing like, like you're saying and honing your intuition and, and the awareness to like, look at these things and accept like, okay, the universe is speaking to me here. Okay. Like, like, have you ever had a situation where you got a message and it, and it saved you from anything from like, like grave danger to just like, you know, maybe swerving and not hitting another car or just even, even something a little bit more mundane than that. But, but you got a message cause you acknowledged it. There was a sign, there was a sign, a message that came to you and you acknowledged it, you went with it and you adjusted yourself accordingly and something beautiful happened. You know, have you ever had that situation? Or you prevented something really bad from happening. 
Well, yeah, exactly. It's 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 just acknowledging and then and going with with that feeling and, and that intuition. You know, how many times have you not followed your intuition? You'd be like, Oh, oh God. I, that's why I got to that point where I started trusting it because I was constantly chasing my fucking tail because I didn't listen. I looked at that screwdriver and I didn't pick it up. Well, now I picked that fucking screwdriver up every time and no matter what, I needed it either that day or the next day. And Is that why you always say, screw it, man? You always yeah. say, screw it. <laughs> screw, screw it. <laughs> to the wind, right? <laughs> yeah. um, but, but again, here and here's another lesson that you taught me. And I think is another great way to prepare or to build awareness is the uh, animal totem cards. Oh yeah. Like how often do we see like a hawk flew over me, right? Oh, it's just a hawk, whatever, or a stork, or or a herring, or whatever. I saw I saw dolphins today. I went to the ocean because I was stressed out or bummed out. Uh, and, and I looked out and there were some dolphins. And, and now when you see those things, those animals, which you don't often see, or maybe you see them all the time, now it's time to say, okay, what are they trying to tell me? And there's these certain cards. What are they called? The animal spirit cards? Animal ally cards is um, uh, Farmer, I think Jim Farmer, or, um, actually, um I figured uh, it would be right next to you. Them up. There's, there's a lot of different animal ally cards, but yeah, great, great point. Like, so we do, we would do that every season or when you want to, you know, get a little, um, you know, animal loving going in there, but we would do it every solstice and every equinox still do it with my kids. So like you said, okay, it's a hawk flying over. Okay. What, what, what I like also is like, what direction is the hawk going in? Because the, the, the east, south, west, north, they all, all mean different things. Okay. Hawk is about focus. Okay. So what are you thinking about in this moment when this hawk is flying to the east, which, which speaks about, you know, the new day, illumination, light, you know, what are you, what are you thinking about? Maybe that's an affirmation. Okay. You know what? Maybe I should ask my boss for that promotion, you know? So, you know, there's, there's some really great stories for those of you um, may or may not know who Leonard Peltier is. He's been in he's been in um, incarcerated since 1975 for a crime that, you know, U.S. government has not um, been able to prove. And um, anyway, there was a shootout on the Pine Ridge Reservation and um, two two of the other gentlemen, Native Americans, uh, were found innocent. And then they re retried and, and he's been in jail. I'm not going to go through the whole story, but he's been unjustly in prison. Um, you know, for uh, a shootout that uh, happened and, you know, one Native American was killed, two FBI uh, agents were killed and um, the, two, the two other Native Americans um, got caught. There were hundreds, hundreds of local, federal and um, state um, like militia like that was surrounding this this farm, the Jumping Bull Farm. OK, there's no way anybody should have been able to get out of there. So the two two Native American dudes got caught. Leonard Peltier took the elders and escaped because he followed, he tells a story, a bald eagle appeared in the sky and basically said to him, come this way. So they went through a, through a drainage pipe and, you know, you could believe it or not believe it, but, you know, the, the eagle, um, a Native American um, cosmology is considered to be like, it flies higher than any other creature. So it's known to be closer to creator and it's bringing messages from creator and it's, and it's a high vibrational being. This, this, this bald eagle came and guided them out of this extremely dangerous situation. So the animals definitely bring us messages. You know, the stalk, the stalk, you mentioned the stalk. The stalk is about stillness. It stands on one leg and waits for its prey or just 
stands there in total stillness observing and just being in the moment until it's time to, to take action you know so every every animal um has a message for us you know and uh, so we pick those cards or it could be something that you're constantly seeing a squirrel you know what, what what's with the squirrels well maybe it's time to gather maybe it's time to prepare you know so they all have different messages and um so that's what we do and then we even if you don't resonate with the card that you picked or the animal that's presenting itself I always say bring it into dream time or, or, or be open to what these messages might mean. And more often than not, it's like, ah, yeah, okay. You know, so these signs and synchronicities and messages are there for us. We stay open, we use our intuition and, um, and have that awareness. It's, it's a beautiful thing. We are not alone, people. We are not alone. Yeah. I think, I think that that also rings true that just because you drew that card and perhaps you hadn't seen that animal, that means heightened awareness, pay attention, because you very well may see it the next day or the next week or who knows, maybe a month from now. But when it, you don't see it, see it, just to clarify, you don't have to see it. It's the energy. It's the energy and 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 what the what the ally is bringing to you, you know, just taking that energy in. You don't have to see it. You could see it in dream time, you know. So ego-wise, ego -wise, this is interesting. So this is back in the 90s. So um, this... Um, Seminole uh, dude, um, Spirit Walker came and he was part of like the um, the uh, Tai Chi school I was involved with. So um, that's the first actually talking stick circle I was ever involved with. So he and he started us with the uh, Animal Ally cards and uh, I picked the ant. I'm like, the ant, the freaking ant. I want the eagle. I want the wolf. I want, you know, he's yeah. like, you know, and I was just not focused. I didn't care. I didn't want I, I swear this happened like I, I four times. I'm like, dude, I picked the ant. I'm, I'm like, what is it, a whole, whole deck card of ants? He's like, which it wasn't. He's like, there's a message there for you, bro. Just sit with it. And then I actually sat with it and I looked into it. The ant is like so cool. It can lift like 400 times its own weight. It's super powerful. It's a, it's a community-minded being. You know, they work together. They, they serve. I mean, there's just like endless things that the ant you know has positive attributes that I didn't want to see. I wanted to be the eagle boy or the wolf brother you know and the, and the ant turned out to be a great ally for me and once i accepted that didn't pick the ant again i got another ally you know the next time i picked so it's it's acceptance it's awareness it's you know um being open you know really and again these are all wonderful tools to help guide you with your compass and to keep your compass in tune let's face it these things can get out of tune you can get in a bad way Something really negative happens to you and you this is when the compass is the most important to yeah. remind you not to go down that negative path, not to get sucked into that mud, but to stay focused on on your true north. And so, yeah, periodically you, you, you need to pull it out and look at it um, and, and make sure that it's you're still in tune with what you set for your true north. And, and, and again, the, these are kinds of things that will help remind you and build the, the trust that you have to have in that compass or in that intuition. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a great point, man. Yeah. And so next, I think we have to go to ego. We have to talk about ego because people that allow ego to control them are very often narcissists, uh, controlling, um, you know, it's all about them. They're they're vampires. They're they're going to suck the energy out of you. So does not stop looking in the mirror. See, that's the whole point. They do stop. They they never looked in the fucking mirror. 
Well, right? that's, I think they're for narcissists, where the, where the word comes from. Like narcissists saw, the, saw his image, um, you know, reflection and was enamored with himself. And that's, that's the origin of, of, of narcissism. Like, oh my God, I'm, I'm, I'm like so beautiful, so handsome, I love myself. Um, so I think that's what, what that person was, was saying. I think, yeah, and I, I think I agree that, you know, that's the root of it. But at this point in time, and that's why I asked Silly to look it up in different uh, languages, because the different languages have different interpretations of it. And I, I don't think many people really understand what like narcissistic disorder, personality disorder is and how how toxic it really is, whereas it's OK to have narcissistic tendencies because if you didn't you would never stand up for yourself you would never protect yourself you would never remove yourself from a situation that could potentially be harmful so you know and this goes back to ego which is why i wanted to you know hit on ego next was because having some ego is is critical but ego, ego ego kind of protects us it also pushes us in, in, in different directions but you know we have to have an ego ego is not you know, ego is not a, a negative thing. You know, narcissism is another story because there's a fine line, you know, there. I think we I think we, we all have ego and you could say, well, we are a little bit narcissistic. Well, you know, yes, yes and no. Narcissistic tendencies. Um, a narcissist suffers like greatly. Like a lot of times you wouldn't know that because they're so happening. And like, yes, like you said, it's all about me and I'm great. And look at me and, and look what I've done. Um, but they're usually very um very um, sad, suffering people deep down with low self-esteem, and that's why they have to put themselves out out in front of every everybody and, and be the center of attention and be right and be powerful and all those things that um, that are like like elevated ego that doesn't really serve because they're usually um, you know insecure people that need that need that affirmation whether they're getting it or not. You know that's my understanding of it. You know, and it's all yeah, about. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with it a hundred percent. I I just think that uh, perhaps people don't realize the diabolical side of that. Everything is a plan. Everything is how do I get to here? I need to do this to this person or get that person to do this for me. So it's a constant. It's like it's like you're playing chess and they're or you're playing checkers and they're playing chess. They're going to outmaneuver you a hundred times over. And and in the end, you're going to look like the idiot. You're going to look like the wrong person. Because they have manipulated each and every step of the way. So no matter who comes back at them, they've already planted the seed. Oh, Leighton's a liar. Don't believe the thing he says. Mm -hmm. Leighton did this or Leighton did that. And so when it comes time for truth, well, th this goes back to another important lesson. And that is understanding a lie repeated becomes a perceived truth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A fact. But if perceived yep. truth is just as dangerous absolutely we're seeing that like you know i'm not going to get into you know uh opinions about certain things but we're seeing that on the grand scale of the world now you say something often enough like just like you're saying well must be true right you know and that's a that's a perception people have well you know he said it or we read it or it's on the internet it's it, you know it must be true which you know i i've been in, again in television production for for like 40 years now and um Back in the day, you had to vet these stories. You couldn't just report stuff um, saying it's true. But now it's like, you know, because of the Internet and just, um, you know, just speed of getting the information out there before some other agency gets it out there. You know, people don't even necessarily fact check anymore, you know, so. Necessarily? Uh, well, they don't fact check. 
for the, for the most part. So it's 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 more entertainment than it is um, information, you know. So, you know, I think you have to do your own research and and, and take things with a grain of salt, you know. You know, I I, I loved the uh, the uh, Instagram uh, memes or reels about like the height of the pandemic when every single news anchor was saying the exact same thing <laughs> and they just start putting up you know people on top of people on top of people and they're saying all the same words over and over and over again only to come find out that that was the biggest scam ever pulled on the human population i mean it's fucking staggering that they pulled that off yeah. and and that's fact that's that's not lie those yeah. vaccines are fucking a nightmare they're a problem and, and this virus was created. It was mutated. It was nothing ever close to anything in nature. It is not a viroid from nature. It can't be. And, so, and let's go. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, um, it's so interesting because um, that's that's a viewpoint that many, many share. And then you have people, I mean, I have very close friends who have argued about this ad nauseum. Um, like, bullshit, dude. It's, a, you know, I'm like, well, you. And, and I think that's part of the compass also. We're not all going to agree on this. You know, like you, you and I think of it in a certain way and we're sure this is the deal. This is how it went down. Um, this is the manipulation. This is the lie. This is the story. And you have other people who will, you know, I, I mean, look at the country now. We are more divided, I think, than we've ever been, really. Um, so, again, back to a microcosm, you know, I think like the, uh, us as individuals um, if you look at your own life, anybody that's that's watching the show now, like how how sure are you of, of yourself? You know, it was on, it was written on the on the uh, halls of Delphi. You know, it was, it was Socrates used to party. You know, Socrates. Um, you know, know thyself. You know, I, I don't personally need anybody to tell me. You know, what my beliefs are, or or who I should be, or you know how I should conduct my life. Um, and this is not this is not being narcissistic, of course. <laughs> I, I just I just for the most part you know, know who I am. So I don't need to be manipulated and told things that I don't necessarily vibe with. I'm going to use my gut. I'm going to use my intuition and let the chips fall where they may. Am I right all the time? No, absolutely not. But you know what? I can live with myself. Um, I have empathy. I have um, respect. And, you know, I'm not going to agree with everybody, you know, and everybody's not going to agree with me. But I, I think it's really important to like, that's saying live and let live because we're not going to all on this topic or on anything else until we could really come to a place of like, you know what, bro, this is how you believe. This is how I believe. You know, I don't necessarily agree with you, but, but we, we're, we're living on this planet, which is getting smaller and smaller and more and more polluted. Like let's, let's just, you know, let's again, let's not like this and like this, let's, let's walk together, man. Let's walk together in peace and, and figure out a way to grow healthy food, to figure out a way to clean up the environment, to figure out a way where, where the, the most impoverished people have food, have education, have health care, you know, because we are so out of balance, man. You, it, it, it's insane. And those who have like everything, they don't want to give it up. You know, I mean, it's, it's a fact, you know, they all call them the one percenters, you know, well, what, what if we, you know, and I'm not, not talking about a utopian dystopian, you know, uh, society here um but what if there what if there was more balance you know with with our goods our services our you know our food our um wealth 
you know, what would that look like? You know, I know it's it's it's, it's a pipe dream, you know, because the, those who have don't want to give it up. Um, yeah, but what, what what does that look like? Well, I have often meditated on exactly that. And, and I think I've explained this to you is that in the early days of doing this work, uh, soil biology, um, I would see things that broke my heart every fucking day like there should be so much more life in the soil or so much more life in the stream or or in this lake or this pond or the where is all the life and and you know it was horribly depressing um because i know what should have been there in other words if this was a super healthy river there would be minnows there would be fry there'd be crayfish there'd be little turtles there'd be algae there'd be all these different organisms and sub-organisms and, and greater forms of life. Um, I, I don't see deer track. I don't see coyote track. I don't see any of these things in this beautiful, pristine stream in Connecticut. And then you chase that stream and you realize, oh, my God, look at all the farming around here. Oh, shit, the runoff and all of the, you know, pesticides and, and fertilizers. That's We know that's what kills these organisms. And if you kill the smallest organisms, well, it has cataclysmic effects on the higher organisms. Yeah. They can, there's no food. There's, not, there's nothing to sustain them. So they move away. So one of the things that I learned to do was I would beam myself back to 1850. Why 1850? I don't know. But I imagine myself as if I was, if this was the year 1850 and I was standing here, what would I see? And I'd visualize it. I'd be like, oh, okay, this would be, you know, this would be all bund of abundance and all of this would be, you know, this incredible, beautiful landscape. And, oh, my God, the, you know, the, the people that lived here would have been, like, so happy and, and bountiful with all of these good things because I know what it should have looked like, right? And that's that's that was the only way that I could get or transition out of depression and into, like, okay, I got a nasty job. I am not going to ever see what I know I should see in any of these situations unless I work my ass off to correct them. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so those are important tools again, is to, you know, visualize the potential for what that could be. And, and on your own words, right. Division and all this is going on right now. And it's, yeah, it's a real fucking problem. But if you envisioned that you need that person, as, as much as you disagree with that person, they serve a niche in this ecosystem, this ecosphere of all these different pieces. It's like, you know, I used to have arguments with, with Dr. Elaine Ingham about facultative anaerobes. She's like, oh, no, 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 nothing anaerobic, nothing anaerobic. And I'm like, Elaine, anaerobes are important. They, 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 it's part of nature. How can you say yeah. anaerobes are bad or facultative anaerobes are bad they're all good they all serve a certain piece of the puzzle and if you take one of those pieces out everything's going to collapse yeah. so i understand the reason why you say no 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 because you've you've had to fight for your reputation you've you've almost been destroyed numerous times because people did take anaerobes and put them toxic anaerobic soup on trees and killed the trees and then said oh Compost extract and teas don't work. Look, I just killed this tree. Well, yeah, all right. So I understand why you say no, you can't do that. But you can't be like so no that that you don't let people understand the importance and value that they serve as part of this. And, you know, so that was a big awareness to me was understanding, 
you know, deep diving into biology, the critical need for, for these things that are toxic, poison, um, potentially lethal, botulism, you know, salmonella, all these things are very important in nature. Yeah. Um, insects. We all hate insects. Insects <laughs> create the fucking food. They take away plants that are unhealthy so that the deer or whoever doesn't eat it because it's not going to be good for them to consume this. So they digest, they kill the plant, digest it, turn it back into soil, and may, hopefully something better comes from that spot, right? We would go extinct without in, in, insects, right? Say again? Right? We would go extinct eventually if we didn't have insects, if we didn't have, oh, if we yeah. didn't have bees, if we didn't have pollinators, yeah. Soil, uh, soil constructors, I mean, <laughs> soil decomposers, shredders, they're, they're so important. And, and we're just really starting to accept the fact that after 70 plus years of heavy use of pesticides, we've devastated the population. This 70% of all insects have gone extinct. Yeah. Right? So the, the, the clock is ticking. The, the, the Grim Reaper is coming eventually. But don't worry. The planet's going to be fine. Give Absolutely. It Give it a million well, years. It'll be, does. It'll be it, an oasis again. It makes me think of, um, like, you know, when I lived on Long Island in suburbia, like my neighbors constantly had the little flags on their lawn, you know, True Green or whoever was there spraying pesticides and fertilizers, you know, non-organic non um, fertilizers. And, um, and I'd be like, listen, dude, you know, your, your dog is walking on this and then licking its paws and getting the toxins in its body. Your kid is playing on the grass and then, and then you know, bringing that into, into your house that, uh, from your shoes and, every, you know, and they didn't like me because I, I'd make, you know, with my kids, we'd pick the dandelions, which, oh my God, we had dandelions. We'd make dandelion wine, yep. give them to our tortoises, you know, I had two African leopard tortoises that would roam the, roam the backyard. And, um, you know, dandelions are beautiful, man. They, they only considered weeds because people don't like them, but, but they're delicious. They serve a purpose and they're actually beautiful, you know? So turn off the TV because like, where are you, where are you getting, we need to fertilize um, and we need to pesticide our lawns. It's, it's from marketing, it's from advertising, you know, because you don't see a lot of organic uh, advertisements because it's, you know, costs more monetarily is perception, but it really doesn't cost more, which you could speak to this in the long run. It costs a lot less. I remember you turned me on to like how um, the, the organic, uh, you know, the inoculants and, and stuff are working that, yeah, okay, it, it takes a little while, but, but now the roots are stronger and they're deeper and they don't need as much water. So you're saving money on, on watering your, your lawn or your garden or whatever it is, you know, so it's, it's a whole natural process to it that most people are not interested in. So turn off the TV, you know, turn off your phone, stop listening to all the marketing bullshit and advertising. And, um, and, you know, again, with the compass, using your intuition, you know, does this seem healthy? Mm, you know, um, so it's all part of that, that, you know, what we're talking about here, building a compass and not being um, manipulated by consumerism and by marketing and, um, and things that are not necessarily healthy. So, no, and it's uh, it's unfortunate that that there is no truth in advertising. Well, that that was always like the slogan, truth in advertising, which maybe no, no, there's never been truth in advertising. If you think back about in movies and in commercials, they used to be allowed to put subliminal things in there. So they would, they would write it like in an ice cube because I you know studied media and they would show us the advertisement. You'd see the word sex in an ice cube. Okay, 
because because subliminally you're seeing that, you know, or you know, I mean, it used to actually be cocaine in Coca-Cola in the, in the early days of. I mean, th there's been manipulation and 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 sub sublimation since the beginning of of time, and that, and that's what advertising really is. It's like, how can we get these consumers to buy more, to consume more, to pay more? You know, and that's that's really what it is. You know, and I blame uh, what's his name, Siegfried Freud. Because he's the one that did the very first experiment with the hot dog at the drive-in theater. I don't know if you're aware of this. Is that? I was thinking about. I was thinking about Siegfried and Roy. The, Roy, the, the, the two guys with the tigers. But that's not what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> tell you about Freud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Freud. Yeah. So, Zygmunt. Yeah, well, that's why it confuses me because Siegfried, Siegfried and Roy were, were the two dudes with the actually the tiger actually wound up uh, attacking them, but but Sigmund Freud is that who you're talking about? Yes, yes. Yeah. So his his experiment was to at a drive-in theater uh, a couple of minutes before intermediate intermission, um, he would use one frame out of a hundred. He would have a picture of a hot dog. Right. Oh, okay. Or Coca Cola or whatever. Right. Right. He started with a hot dog, and right. he quickly learned how easy it was to turn it to popcorn, to Coke, to whatever he wanted by yes. just flashing one out of every hundred pictures that were the movie that you saw, the motion. You would never see that one screen right. because it's going too fast. But Not it was enough. Your subconscious would pick it up. Yes. Absolutely. So all of a sudden, everybody fucking came and bought the hot dogs out, and he was like, "Wow." Look at the power of suggestion. Yeah. Right? And so then they took it to the next level and, and eventually word got out that that subliminally you could make people do whatever you yeah, want. Manipulation, yeah. And that went into psyops in the war or psyops in the in the CIA and the and all the shadow government shit. But it also went into mainstream advertising. Absolutely. Here's, a, here's another horrific understanding that and i had this conversation with the dude yesterday because he kept saying mpk mpk i'm like why are you saying mpk when you know soil food web why are you using that term you understand soil food web you don't need npk all the mpk you need is already there and if you really want to push your plants well you know there's manures and other things of compost that you can use to push the plant so why are you using the word mpk well, all my farmers use the word MPK. And I'm like, do you know where MPK comes from? And he's like, no, where? I go, there was a German scientist. There was a German scientist post-World War II that was cleaning up bomb factories and looking around, trying to figure out how, how they were going to continue this business, this business model that was no longer, nobody needed bombs anymore. And this particular scientist noticed that out the back door, there was a ton of plants growing where all this chemicals were running off out of the factory and collecting in the soil. So he decided to do a study on the chemistry and the plants. And what he determined was that NPK, nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium had amazing effects on plant growth. So he did a study. He wrote up a paper. The paper was released to great fanfare. He was a rock star. You know, oh, my God, you just saved our industry. Um, we're going to we're all be successful now. And then he did a repeat on it because because of the success, because of the, the fame he had gained, he wanted to make sure that he was right. 
So he went back and realized that his experimental design was flawed and therefore his results were flawed. So he started, he went back to the drawing board, took him, I don't know, some say six months, some say a year and six months, but he eventually came back and tried to rescind the paper because he realized that, yeah, that did grow plants, but they were unhealthy. They were prone to pest attack and disease and all, all kinds of problems. But it's, right? but it's still the, the go-to industry. I mean, they, the, the marketing of that, that's, that's what you do four times a year, NPK on your lawn, right? They killed him. Yeah. He tried to rescind his paper and write a new paper showing that, no, there's 17. And now I think they're up to 27 essential elements that plants need to be mm. truly healthy. But, but they whacked him just like they whacked diesel. Diesel, diesel engines were designed to run on vegetable oil. And Tesla also. Okay, I want to bring it back to some positivity because we were with uh, So you're talking about like the, the single frames, you know, 30 frames per second, put one frame in there to manipulate people. So what if we have like positive images? So that's why it really is important, like what, what we digest in our media and on our in our feeds and our Instagram and our Facebook, whatever. So, you know, stuff we're looking at, if it's positive, you know, as averse to like this, you know, it doesn't even have to be, be subliminal, it has an effect on us. So if you know um Masoro um Moto, the dude who um did all of the testing on frozen crystals. Okay. Yep. He passed a few years ago. So those of you who don't know, he would freeze water and he would um, do experiments of, I'll say positive and negativity. So he would write on a vessel of water, gratitude, love, um, all, all, all positive things. And then he would write on another vessel of water, um, hate, um, like ugly words, you know, and he do, and he would do the same thing with music, play classical music as a verse to like, like these hate lyrics and stuff. And with the positive uh, images and, and words and, and vibrations, you'd have like perfectly symmetrical, beautiful crystal formations as adverse to the asymmetrical, like disjointed crystals from like the hate music and all of the negativity. So, um, and we are, there we go. Um, yeah, Dr. Emoto. Um, so we're, we're essentially liquid crystals. So when, when, we're, when we're babies, we could be as much as 90 something percent water. And we get, as we get older, we're less and less um parts of water but we're essentially liquid crystals so if i say to you dude you're an asshole doesn't feel very good or if i say to you oh bro i love you man you're looking great you know i i i care about you the positivity of there you know is going to enhance your being it's going to raise your your vibration and elevation as opposed to the negative part so how we speak to people you know how we think really down to our thoughts our thought thoughts our words our actions really have a profound effect i mean if you think about something that somebody might've said to you today, yesterday, or 20 years ago that really hurt your heart. I mean, that that's exactly the point I'm making is, you know, or somebody that, that told you that they loved you, you know, today, yesterday, or 20 years ago, you know, how, how that feels also. So we have to be really mindful um, of how we use our words. And again, our thoughts also hold that vibration, you know? So, you know, it's a good, it's a good, um, again, coming full circle, you know, building that compass, like, what are we taking in? What kind of media are we taking in? What kind of vibrations? What kind of sounds, you know, are, are they supporting, you know, this, this compass that we want to help guide us through life in a positive way? Or are they promoting, you know, manipulation and, you know, uh, consumerism and things that don't really serve us, you know? So it's a question to ask yourself, you know, in building this compass, you know, which direction do you want to go into? Well, that's why I had to get all negative to pull you into positive. There you go, brother. You know, I, yeah. Well, it starts to feel icky, man. You know, I'm like, okay, we got to get out of that that muck and mire, man. Get back into the light.
<laughs> yeah. So do we have any questions from any of the peeps out there? I, you know, there was one question I thought I saw. Only one question? Come on, people. I, I think what's basically happening is we've been actually answering the questions. So I've, I've been putting them in the back and then going, oh, okay, well, we've answered that <laughs> one already. So although I do have one point of contention between the eagle and another bird, uh, it's called the condor. That actually That's South America, higher, yes. Higher than the eagle. That's why I always refer to myself as a condor. Just right. So. Well, we're talking about North America and South America. So very good point. Again, you know, um, the two, the two hemispheres coming together. So yes, yeah, so we have the eagle in the, of the north and the condor of the south. That's um, that's another beautiful prophecy that that some um, indigenous people speak about. So yes, um, I was referring to um, like Native American cosmology um, in, in Turtle Island, as they call it, in North America. So yes, the condor, um, which um, uh, my I'll say my shaman, the you know the gentleman I've done a lot of ceremony in ayahuasca with. Um, um, Don Valerio, we call him Freddie. Um, he, I remember he gifted um, Grandma Edna Gordon from, from the Seneca uh, Nation a condor feather, um, and it was freaking massive, man. I mean, those birds, I mean, if, you ever, if you've ever seen a bald eagle or a golden eagle, I mean, they are big birds. A condor is like, woof. Yeah, pretty wild, wild stuff. All right. So maybe so we should actually go into the other thing that the, uh, you're into and uh, which is go back into my banners here this uh world harmony unlimited maybe we should mention that sure you can't put a limit on uh <laughs> world harmony so interesting enough and, and i know we're, we're getting time wise so I'll, I'll keep it fairly short so world harmony unlimited started back in 2000 i was invited to a um a spiritual unity of tribes gathering of nations of, of different um, native american um, tribes that gathered in the Chesapa, uh, which is the heart of all that is. It's in the Black Hills, sacred Black Hills of South Dakota. And um, I met Chief Orwell Looking Horse there, who's the um, who's the uh, 19th generation um, keeper of the sacred pipe. There's a whole um, uh, lore, like Native American lore uh, story about that, um, how they were gifted the, um, the pipe. Um, I'm not going to go into that right now. You can look that up. Um, and um, there was there was hundreds and hundreds of people at this gathering, you know, um, gathering of eagles. It was called, and uh, actually at the end, like you can't make this stuff up. There actually eagles circling around the, the encampment um, after after nine days. Um, so anyway, I was invited out there. Um, I mentioned before the book that I read, the Hopi prophecy. Um, that led me to uh, meet this Hopi granddaughter. I said, hey, listen, I'll come out there. You know, I'm on television production. I'm broadcast TV. I'll bring a crew out there and we'll document what's going on um, in Hotovia and in, in Hopi land, you know, where the traditional elders were forced to, um, you know, pay utilities. And she's like, no, no, no. National Geographic was out here and they dishonored the elders. We don't know what happened to the footage. And then fast forwarding, like a couple months later, she's like, oh, you know, you got to come out to the sacred Black Hills of South Dakota and document the, the wisdom of the elders. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, but I put it out there. I asked two of my buddies who were in production to come with me. And, you know, and there was all these obstacles in our way. The flights were astronomical and they were paying us. You know, I mean, I just put it out there to do this, you know, and we, we had to go to Oklahoma because the flights were astronomical. We drove 12 hours to get to the Black Hills and um, incredible experience you know the buffaloes roaming and the, and the gorgeous topography out there um and we get to this encampment and i'm like all right let's set up the gear and like all these people are like setting up camp and they're like you know what are you guys doing this is a sacred site you can't you can't have video cameras here i'm like well where, where's uh desamana 
They're like, who? I'm like, she had this vision, this dream. I have to come here and document the wisdom of the elders. And like, she had this vision, but she didn't bother telling the people at the encampment that she had this vision. She told me and I, I go out there with a the crew. But anyway, somebody showed up and like, oh, okay, no, this is cool. And, and it was wild, man. I had to like stand up in front of like, like four or 500 people that were at this encampment that, that gathered from around the world state my intentions, like why I was there. And like, um, it, it was wild. And then we, we smoked the pipe, you know, um, to, to, to make it all like kind of seal the deal, so to speak. And it, it was incredible. It changed my life. So anyway, I put together, you know, uh, like documentary about it and uh, brought in uh, Jeff Tucker, may he rest in peace, a Cherokee man who I met there, um, brought him to Long Island and showed this, um, I think it was 84 minute um, documentary, which you could see on worldharmonyunlimited.com. There's, there's the videos on there and, um, and just shared the wisdom of that went on in this gathering of eagles. And um, it just changed my life. So I set up the, the website um, to just host videos of, uh, of Native American, mostly Native American uh, elders, some young people and all, um, because really it's timeless wisdom that um, that the indigenous people have brought and are bringing um, to non-Native people. The same like where my name, Waska, comes from, like Ocean of Fast Wolf, who was uh, uh, Apache, um, uh, mostly Apache, there's prophecies. The prophecies say that, um, you know, Westerners or non-Native people are going to help, once again, mend that sacred hoop um, of of what's going on in the world, you know, so we could all live in balance, you know, and this is part of the prophecies of what's going on. So uh, anyway, that's where WorldHarmonyUnlimited.com came from, just hosting videos on there of um, of indigenous wisdom and, and um you know, and elders and all, because I, I really feel like it's so important to keep that that knowledge and that wisdom and those uh, those teachings alive. And that's 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 kind of how the Illuminated Warrior program started off, just really sharing that wisdom that I've been blessed to, you know, bring into my life and teach my kids and like and live really, you know. So, um, you know, I feel really blessed to have sat with so many beautiful Native American um, elders and wisdom keepers, many of which have uh, have crossed over the, the veil and uh, are on the other side now, working you know in the spirit realm, helping to balance this this crazy craziness out. Yeah, you know it's funny that uh, Lil in the comments uh, mentioned about her mother passing, and then her finding pennies all over the house. And, mm -hmm. and that, there's awareness, right? Absolutely. Pauline talked about when when her mom and dad passed she would find dimes or no that, it was giva when her husband passed he she would find dimes all over the place and again like normal person would be like oh it's a dime pick it up put it in their pocket but the where person is like okay how did that dime get here why is it in this really weird place mm -hmm. that i would never put a dime or if if i did drop the dime i would have picked it up so how did it get here and I think there's that physical connection to the other side of the veil, like you just talked about, that again is really, really important in, in helping us, you know, really strengthen these kinds of um, positive uh, attributes that will help us guide our moral compass in this crazy ass world where if you tell the truth, um, you're going to be hated. You're going to be, you know, disrespected. You're, you're, I'm going to be the bad person because let's face it, nobody wants to hear the truth. Truth is horrifying. And Chris said that the truth is bulletproof. Yes. And that's the problem. They're, they can't find a flaw in it. Right. 
<laughs> and, and and like whether you believe the virus was man-made or or from a paragon and a bat that, that that's up to you it's cool it's cool but don't say that i'm bullshit right because now you're now you're disrespecting my space my headspace so how mm-hmm. do i how do i prevent me from getting angry because you disrespected my knowledge like I, i've done the research Right. I've done it. I, I went down. Remember when I first talked to you uh, during that uh, the pandemic and we were talking about our viruses alive or dead? And you're like, oh, my son told me they're dead. Then we do you know, all the textbooks. And I go, Wasco, fuck the textbooks. Right. What that's is the definition, right? What is the definition of life? And, and that's the problem. That's mm-hmm. the very problem. Like. Dudes, you got to see the video of the sperm entering the egg. A couple things I want to clear up here. First of all, it was believed, science said, oh, well, the first sperm that gets there gets to get with the egg, right? No. The egg chooses the sperm. In many cases, a female dog in heat will take many lovers and choose the sperm from different dogs to mate with her eggs based on what they need. So... Then there's this whole uh, video of when the sperm actually penetrates the egg and there's an explosion of light. Have you seen the videos? Oh, I've seen it. Not recently, but I've seen videos like that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So what what, what was the saying? And God created light to push back the dark. Life, light is the spark of life. There's just so much to this shit that, and again, it goes back to your moral compass. If you start to understand these kinds of truths, then it makes more sense for you to listen to your intuition, to avoid negative thoughts or negative people, um, to increase your muscles, your, your spiritual muscles, for lack of a better word, to better yourself so that you can better the others around you. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I should even say this, but it, it's always bothered me that when you're in an airplane, they always say, Hey, put the oxygen mask on you first. So you don't die and you can help others. Well, if you, if they're going to die from the time I put the mask on till the time <laughs> I do it or help you, uh, hello, that's pretty narcissistic, right? Yeah. So you know, really think about what makes sense in, in, in all of these situations. Like yeah. this person next to you is the person that you love the most and they're incapable of putting the mask on them. Shouldn't you put the mask on them first? Because that's what brings you so much love and joy. Yeah. Use your intuition, right? Well, I just want to, I just want to throw something out there before I forget again, you were talking about this before also, um, you know what the Kobayashi Maru is? I think I brought yeah. this yeah, so Captain Kirk, man. Captain Kirk became a captain because he instituted the Kobayashi Maru. He changed the rules of the game. He changed the rules of engagement. He did not do what he was supposed to do. Um, and that's I taught my kids that also when they were young. I'm like, you know what? If you need to rewrite the program, rewrite the program. Like somebody came up with this. Who's to say this is the way it's got to be or always has to be or should be, you know? Be, be bold, brave new world out there, you know, change it up, you know, and I think that's, um, I think that's, it works a lot of times also, you know, we don't have to accept, hi, Poe, 
I know. Who's that? Who's that? I, Who's I hope. <laughs> Pay attention to those animals. So the beautiful. Look at those eyes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's uh it's important to once again just just bring it all full circle, you know, uh, using our intuition, paying attention to the signs, symbols, and synchronicities, having that gratitude, having the empathy, um, you know, being in service, you know, all these things, you know. Once again, as my mentor uh, Ocean of Fast Wolf used to say, "Don't take my word for it. Try it. See how it feels to you. Give it a chance. You know, and um, stuff works, man." Look at your shadow side and get thy shit together, people. Let's, <laughs> all Let's all bring it up. Let's bring that soil up, man. And if you don't like the rules, find a way to change them. Kobayashi Maru, man. Yes. You can bend rules, but don't break them. <laughs> you got to right? break them. Well, the whole goal behind rules is to figure out a way around them. Right. That, that's they use the yeah. rules to to control. Right. A lot of times. Yeah. And, and the law. I mean, how do you think what's happening in this day and age just happens when if you look at the law, it can be interpreted so many different ways. So all you got to have is a better, smarter lawyer who can interpret that or the. Uh, what is it? Uh, not pre prejudice. Uh, the precedence mm, to, yeah. to look at all of the precedents, all of the yeah. ways that this law has been interpreted, and then present those pieces of the puzzle that most benefit what you're looking for. Because again, at the end of the day, it's it's about like you're saying, it's it's about you know being aware and positive enough that you can influence and direct or misdirect some of these things. Um, but it, unless you're emotionally strong and spiritually strong, um, you're, you're not going to have the audacity to try. You're yeah. going to be, you're going to live under fear. You're never going to take that first step and realize that the ocean that's so big in front of you and scary is only half an inch deep and you can just walk right through it. Uh, oh yeah. So that are there any, any final uh, pieces that you want to polish before we kill this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, thank you, uh, Ken. Ken's been great, just um, you know, facilitating this whole situation. Like uh, once you told me once, I, I, I'm here. I know the time, but you're, you're great with the follow-ups and the links and uh, the promotional. Um, so thank you for all the work you do behind the scenes. Um, and Lily also I haven't met Lily, but yes. And uh, Layton, thanks for inviting me on the show. It's very awesome. It's great, man. You guys have have great topics, and it's it, it's important information for um, you know obviously your viewers already know that uh, for people to um, to digest you know and grow from. So I always say you know change is inevitable and growth is optional, and um, and that's what I I see from the show and what you guys are doing. So you know thanks for having me on. Much appreciated. Well, thank you for committing to the two-hour block to go down yep. this uh, rabbit hole, for lack of better words, with me. Yeah. Well, again, I can't believe two hours would I have them go to the bathroom. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, see? See? <laughs> see? Um, Change is inevitable. Growth is optional. <laughs> there you go. Yep. There you go. And, and, I, and again, you know, you when, when this concept, idea, dream came to me, you were obviously the first person – that popped into my head that could have this level of conversation because of your 
experience with the you know white feather and some of the work that you did on the documentary stuff you have a perspective unlike anybody that that lives that i know of well, i appreciate that bro well you know again it's it's you know i'm i'm a you know i'm an average joe you know it's awareness man and it's all the things we're talking about like i built the compass you know i, I was i was you know I was a pretty rogue dude back in the day, you know, like, you know, my, my nickname used to be Party Perry. I mean, I, I didn't, you know, I was very frenetic, but, you know, I, I did the work. I looked at the shadow side of myself and, and, it, and it's over the decades, man. I mean, I've, I've just, especially being a dad, I've chosen to raise my vibration because honestly, that's the most important thing to me. How do my kids see me? You know, what are they going to remember, you know, after I'm gone? You know, hopefully I had a positive impact on not just them, but, you know, I, I really try to conduct myself, anybody that I meet, you know, do I get peeved sometimes? Do I say stupid shit? Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I, I, I own my stuff and I will apologize if I stay stupid shit or if I offend somebody, um, you know, and just walk in the earth is, is, with, the, with the lightest, you know, touch that I can on, on uh, Mother Earth. She's been really good to me. Guy has been really good to me. And, uh, and just having a positive impact on people, man. I mean, to me, that's what it's all about. It's a win-win situation. So I want to thank you, brothers, for uh, for the support and for um, you know for hosting this, man. Yeah, I hope. And as you always, Ken, thank you, thank you, thank you for all you do behind the scenes. Still, thank you for the research that I often send you to look up this crazy shit. But uh, <laughs> I think it I think it adds layers to to what we're trying to the message we're trying to get out there. Absolutely, man. Needs and stuff, uh, play resources to better understand some of the things that we talk about. Build those compasses, people. Yeah, I'm and I that. just want to make one point, guys, is, you know, and Perry has said it, life is not happening to you. It's happening for you. Learn from those experiences. Oh, those okay. are the shadows that can be created that you have to deal with, except the lesson that was taught and then move forward from there. Amen. Great way to cap it off, Ken. All right, brothers. Be well. Peace out, guys. Peace out.